Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. I want to read just a few verses in a Starting in verse 11, Hebrews 5, the writer says, we have much to say about this. Somebody say much. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are no longer trying to understand. You are slow to learn. Do I have any honest, slow learners out here? He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need the milk. Somebody say milk. Or milk or milk, however you say it. It's milk. Not solid food. Anybody who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. And in verse 14, he concludes with saying, but solid food is for the mature. If my dad was up here, he would say mature. Who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You could be seated at this time. I, uh, you know, our first, our, bringing our first son home from the hospital, you know, he, he'll be four this September was a, a crazy experience. And many of you who are parents, you know this. It's like, what are they thinking by handing us this kid that we're now supposed to take care of? You know, I'm still a kid and, and I got to watch this. I got to take care of this kid. And so, you know, we throw him in the back of the truck, not the bed of the truck, but the back seat of the truck. And uh, we're driving home and you know, my wife is, you know, just, I mean, it's a baby. And so what do you do? You, you know, you, the baby sleeps with us. We had this little, like, this doc-a-talk thing. I know it's not necessarily recommended for them to sleep with you in the same bed, but it's, uh, it just protects him. And so we put him in that first. And then as he, you know, grows a little bit, you, you put him in this uh, bassinet thing. I'm just surprised I remember the terminology of baby stuff. And you put him in this bassinet, still in this doc-a-talk thing. And then eventually you take him out of that. And eventually, by the grace of God and the mercy of God, you put him in his own room, praise Jesus. And then you get in there eventually and you see them in this crib. They're hanging over the edge because they now can pull themselves up. So now you gotta lower, lower the mattress, which makes it harder for us to pick up the kid, you know? But you gotta lower the mattress for their safety. And then eventually they go into their own bed and now my son's almost four and now he's back in our bed. <laughs> what are you doing? You got your own bed. You see, the truth is, and maybe this will preach to some of you this morning, you can't sleep in the same places you were sleeping before. You can't sleep in the same places before. You can't sleep with the same people before. And maybe I'm talking about the devil. There's, there's gotta be some progress made in your life. There's gotta be some stepping stones in your life. You can't eat the same things as you did as a child. You can't drink the same things as you did as a child. It's the same when it comes to the bottle. You know what I'm talking about? The bottle that you have to feed. Um, that if for those of you who, who weren't breastfeeding, the, the husband had to feed as well. Thank God my wife was, wasn't doing that because I didn't have to feed. But the bottle, you know what I'm talking about. The bottle, it's just like, you gotta move on. You gotta go somewhere from the bottle. You gotta move from the bottle to eventually the plate. And so I wanna talk this morning on this idea of we're on this journey of making spiritual progress. There's progress to be made. In fact, turn to the person next to you and tell them there's progress to be made. There is progress to be made. And so we have to today learn how to, and here's the title of this morning's message, we have to drop the bottle. Drop the bottle. Let's pray one more time. Father, we just thank you, and we worship you.
And truly that is our cry, Lord, that there would be nothing else that we would want other than you. And for some of us, we were reminded, as, the, as my dad just said earlier, to, just to fall back into your presence and to just to sit at your feet. You know, I'm reminded that that's the best place to be, is at your feet. And some of us have been there for a while now, and it's been amazing. And some of us today have, haven't been there in quite some time. And maybe we were reminded to just fall at your presence, to fall at your feet, and to pursue you and nothing else. And so today, Father, as we read your word, as we read your scriptures, was your, would your truth present conviction? Would it present clarity to our lives? Would it bring encouragement? And would we, as always, walk out of these doors forever changed, maybe with a new perspective and a new mindset on how to do this thing? Because this is challenging. You didn't say it was going to be easy. It would be difficult. And of course, we're seeing the persecution all around the world now. Lord, would you give us the strength to persevere? Give us the strength to have the courage and the boldness as we make progress in this journey and our spiritual journey. We worship you and it's in Jesus' name everybody said. One more time, amen. Do me a favor, tell three people around you, it's time to drop the bottle. And we're talking about the baby bottle just to bring some, bring some clarity to those wondering what bottle we're talking about. You know, the... The writer here is having a difficult time bringing uh, understanding to the, to the people here. And it wasn't necessarily that the writer was speaking too eloquently or was uh, speaking uh, in such a way that it was provoking strenuous thinking, but it was that the people were just lazy. That's all. They, were, they weren't wanting to understand. They were apathetic. He says in Hebrews 5.11, the writer says, we have much to say about this. That there is much to say, but it is hard because um, you're not making this easy for me. Well, what is he talking about? There's much to say. The writer's beginning to bring understanding to what the heavenly priesthood of Christ was. In fact, if I go back a chapter in Hebrews 4, this will be on the screen, 14. He says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Somebody say amen to that. But he did not sin. He's explaining that Jesus Christ is bringing together deity and humanity so that he can bring God to people and that he could bring all that God has for you to you. How many of you this morning would like all that God has for you? And so this is what Jesus is bringing. The, the writer is saying, I, I, have, I have much to say about this, but you, you're, just, you're just not, you're not understanding. You, in fact, you, you're, you're lazy. And, and how many know that when you are lazy, you don't want to do anything, you don't want to hear anything, you don't want your spouse telling you anything, you just want to do what? Nothing. That's it. And when we find ourselves doing nothing, we find ourselves progressing nowhere. And I believe this morning, and even now in your life, the enemy wants to cover you, wants to bind you, wants to put on you a spirit of spiritual laziness and complacency. Because if he could get you to walk into a church service and say, you know what, I don't need anything. I certainly don't want anything. Um, they definitely didn't play the song I wanted to hear. The pastor has forgotten his socks and his belt, so I just can't, I can't receive anything today. You know what, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and receive nothing and learn nothing and get nothing. And that's what the enemy wants for you. He doesn't want you to learn anything. He doesn't want you to receive anything. He doesn't want you to get anything. 
And if you're not hearing and listening, guess what? You're not receiving. And if you're not receiving, then you're not advancing. How can you advance in the kingdom of God? How can you make progress in your life if you don't know? And you don't know because you have not heard. So it's time to open up our ears a little bit. As my wife would say, turn the TV off and uh, clean out your ears. And somebody say, listen, listen, because if we're going to make progress, it's essential that we listen. We cannot be lazy. I love what A.W. Tozer said. The complacency of Christians is the scandal of Christianity. You know, no wonder why we have uh, many ineffective and inactive and complacent believers. Because you can't be effective if you can't be receptive. Come on, I'll say it again so you can write it down. You can't be effective if you can't be receptive. So many have not done because you don't know. I can't do a job if I don't know the job. If advancing is necessary, then hearing is essential. Romans 10, 17, Paul writes, consequently, faith comes from, somebody say, hearing. Hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Many of us have heard, many of us have read, and therefore we have stepped into this relationship. How many of you thankful that somebody long ago read some scriptures to you, changed your life, radically transformed your life? I praise God for those people. And so I have stepped into this now because I have listened. But so many of us used to listen, and here we are now no longer listening. And it's not even that it's too challenging to listen to. It's just that we, we just don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with where I'm at. Many of us have heard, many of us have read, and sometimes pastors have to say things 20 times. Sometimes our spouse has to say things uh, 100 times. <laughs> and uh, here we are listening, yet not really gaining. I love what, uh, there's a book that I read. In fact, Danny, who was up here leading worship um, with me, we, we, uh, we read a book uh, long ago by a guy named Stephen R. Covey, and it was a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And you know sometimes when you read something, and it like rocks your world, and it changes your life, and then you for, forever remember it, and some of you get it tatted on your body, you know, like, I gotta, I gotta remember this so much, like, I need it on me, you know. There was this quote that he said, and it said, most people do not listen with the intent to understand but they listen with the intent to reply. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. Most people listen with the intent to what? To reply. I wonder how many of us in our conversations, in our listening, are too busy formulating a response. We're too busy formulating an opinion. We're too busy formulating how we are going to respond to this person's you know, accusations or this person's uh, uh, teachings that we have failed to gain anything. The only thing we have gained is somebody who's angry at us now because we did not listen. We only responded because that's what we were doing as we were listening. Coming up with some, some, uh, some, some response. Remember what James in chapter 1 verse 19, he says, take note of this. Be what? Slow to speak and quick to listen. I'm telling you, my wife would love to say this to me and preach this to me. And sometimes she does. Jacob, I need you to be slow to speak and I need you to be quick to listen. And this is challenging for a lot of us because we only, the only thing we want to do, the only thing we like to do, the only thing we have a talent to do is just to respond to people and yet we have gained nothing. If we're going to be effective, we must be receptive. And because we have not been receptive, here's what goes on and happens in verse 12. He says, in fact, by this time, somebody say this time, this time you ought to be teachers and you need somebody to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. 
here's where, here's where you, you should be, but um, here's where you are. And the problem isn't that, you know, you're here. The problem is that you've decided to stay here. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you have remained here. You know where you need to be. Man, I, I'm, I'm a new believer. I know my next steps. Or I'm a seasoned believer and I know where I need to be. That's where I need to be. This is where God is, is calling me to be. But I, I've decided to remain here. I've just decided just to attend church for the rest of my life because this is just where, where I've stayed and God is wanting you to move from that. I, I've, I've, you know, I've just decided to be friends with these people and never share my faith because I don't know if I can. And you have remained here and God is wanting you to be there. I've been working with these coworkers for quite some time and they have no idea that I love Jesus. And you know what? That's okay. You have remained here and God is wanting you to, to be here. There hasn't been any progress made. In fact, we're still, we're still holding the bottle. We're still holding the bottle. And there's a lot of milk in it or milk or milk, whatever you want to say. And God is wanting us to, to make some, some progress He's saying, you haven't moved, you haven't shared. And again, he's talking to some seasoned believers here who have been in the faith for quite some time. He says, you ought to be teaching. You ought to be teaching. Listen, I can't teach. Don't give me a mic. Don't put me on the stage. That ain't for me. I can't do that, and I will never do that. And God isn't asking you to be a professional speaker. You know, even in James chapter 3, he goes on to say that not many of you should be preachers. Because you're going to be judged more strictly. So God isn't asking you to all of a sudden get up and now be this professional speaker where you start to share and, 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 you know, in an expository way. Um, God is wanting you just to share what you know. God is wanting you to share what you've experienced. God is wanting you to speak the truths of God that you have learned. That's all he's wanting you to do. Remember the Great Commission? To go into the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching, somebody say teaching, and teaching them. So turn to the person next to you and tell them you ought to be a teacher by now. You ought to be a teacher by now. But you've just been receiving this whole time. You've just been sitting this whole time, and and God is wanting you to move from where you are, and he's wanting to move you to where you should be. Again, it's a process. There's got to be some progress. How can you say you've mastered it if you have not effectively taught it. God is looking for believers to replicate themselves. God is looking for professors to replicate themselves. God is looking for people, teachers, to replicate themselves. So start sharing what you know. You know, one of the most challenging lessons that we learn in life is this ability to share because, uh, because we are selfish people. It's not in our nature just to give up anything and everything we have. Just two days ago, I'm sitting here, my, little, my, my youngest son, who's, he's 15 months old, he's got this you know, big old spoon thing. And he's like, he's like hitting my wife. He's just like smacking her in the leg. And I'm like, let me get a shot at that. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's horrible to say. And, and uh, I'm like, you know, his name's Beckham and, and he can't understand me. So I have to speak baby to him. And I'm like, Hey Beckham, can I have, you know, can I have? And he looks at me and like, he does his whole, like, he does his whole walk over here and he hands it to me and, and he gives me the spoon. He listens. And uh, then he just stands there and holds out his hand again. He wants it right back. You know, we have a hard time giving up things, but God is wanting to share the truths that we know. God is wanting to give the things that we've learned. God is wanting us to share the scriptures and the promises, not to selfishly hold on to it, because when we start to share, we actually start to mature and progress. Where are you at in this? I haven't, I haven't shared with anybody. I, I've just kind of 
have remained and, and I have I've read and I, and I know and I just, I just, I'm just not, I'm not comfortable yet. I don't know what to say. You know, I'm just trying to get us to understand that, you know, we as believers, we as either seasoned Christians or maybe even new believers, so many of us come and we come here to receive and we come here to be filled and, and that's a good thing. It challenges us, it, it provokes us, it, it allows us to, to be better believers and better Christians, but I just think there are so many around us that have no idea who is within us because we have not made an effort at all to share. We have not made an effort at all to let people know that I love Jesus with everything that I have and everything that I am. And I don't care if you laugh at me, you make fun of me, but I want you to know that I love Jesus. In fact, I'll put it on the back of my car. Okay, maybe I won't put it on the back of my car because I don't want you judging me the way I drive. But I want everybody to know who I, who I love and who I serve. And, and maybe you know some people like that. You can't get a sentence in them without them asking you, uh, so how's your relationship with God? You know, what's Jesus doing in your life? Like, I just came here to hang out and eat. Why are you asking me about my relationship with Jesus? But it's this always on my tongue, always on my heart. I'm always meditating on it. Therefore, I'm always talking about it. We have forgotten to share the one thing that God has called us to share. So, so what do I share? What do I tell? If I'm making progress, if I'm leaving the elementary truths, if I'm dropping the bottle, then um, here's how you can start by representing Jesus in everything that you do. That's a good place to start, right? By representing Jesus in everything you do and everything you say. Because how can you instruct, how can you teach if you have not been instructed and taught? And so, yeah, there is a step that you have to be taught. You've got to sit under somebody. You have to learn. And then you can get out there and start sharing. But the first step would be maybe representing Jesus to the best of your ability. Maybe the best way is to start sharing what you're reading, sharing what you're learning. We tell people all the time, you know, take out a notebook or take out your phone and jot some things down. I don't have anything cool to say, but I do know that God has something life-changing to say. And so maybe if you jot it down, you, you can remember it. I don't remember sermons because you haven't jotted anything down. You're more likely to remember something if you write it down. And so maybe I just start sharing what I'm learning. Maybe I start, I start sharing what I'm reading through. Maybe I just tell people that the power of Jesus is so life-changing, is so life-transforming that I can't explain it. I just need you to come to church with me to experience it. Maybe that's, maybe that's a step. Remember, as long as heaven and hell are a reality, then sharing our faith is essential. I'll say it again. As long as heaven and hell are a reality, then sharing our faith is essential. Somebody say amen. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need somebody to teach you again the elementary truths of God's word. You should be teachers, but unfortunately you now have to be taught again. What happened? Where was the progress? Where did it stop? Why were we at one point so committed? Why were we all in? Why were we highlighting everything and now we don't highlight anything? We were bringing our Bibles. We were sitting in the front row and now we're in the back row. You know, what, what happened to us? What, was, I, was I just tired? Was I just not feeling it anymore? Was I just, you know, finding myself at a place where I felt that I was good and I was content and I, and, and I, was, I was satisfied? In fact, I said, you know what? I don't need to make any more progress. I am content with where I'm at. I'm okay here. I know enough to get me by. I know enough, you know, to answer a question in Bible school. I, I, I know enough of the songs to sing them. I, I, I know enough, and I'm okay there. And uh, 
you know, as, as nice as commitment or as nice as contentment is and as nice as it's, it's easy, it's not as demanding, it's more relaxing, it's more maybe uh, satisfying. And yeah, there are blessings in that. Yeah, there is joy in being content with your relationship with God and where you're at. But the contentment that I'm talking about this morning is the one that's prohibiting your progress. The contentment that I'm talking about this morning is the one that's keeping you from dreaming, It's keeping you from learning. It's keeping you from being a better husband, a better wife, a better parent. This is the contentment that says, you know what? I'm I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm okay with how much I know. I'm okay with not going anywhere else and not doing anything else and not learning anything else. I I think that I reached my destination. But church, can can I remind you that um, uh, progress is, is not a destination. In fact, it's a journey. And maybe your contentment might be lessening your commitment just just maybe we have been so content with where we are that we are in no no uh, uh, business and in, in, in no way shape or form trying to get anywhere or advance anywhere you remember the Israelites they get out of Egypt they cross the Red Sea I mean what what is God doing they find themselves going to the promised land and then what happens they they don't go anywhere they're stuck they're wandering in the, in the desert, in the wilderness, not, not getting to where they should be, but at some point being okay with where they are. It was almost as if they were content. They didn't need to go in anywhere. God is providing manna, quail. This is, might as well stay here. M- might as well not, ad- not advance. In fact, I'm fine here. We could, have been, we could have been back there in Egypt eating better, you know, but here we are and, and, and I'm, o- I'm okay with I'm okay with this. It was their destination for many of them. Many of the Israelites, that was their final destination in the wilderness. There was no progress being made because progress isn't a destination, but it's a journey, which means that you are never done. Look at Ephesians 4, 21. This will be on the screen. I I love how Paul starts off many of his sentences with the words like since and the words, you know, therefore. Essentially what he's saying is, look at all what God has done for you. Now now here's what you ought to do, okay? So he says in verse... uh, 21 of Ephesians 4, he says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, here's here's the ought to do now, we throw off, somebody say throw off, we throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which by the way is corrupted by lust and deception, but instead Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Man, I am so thankful that the Spirit of God that is in me is renewing my thoughts and my attitudes. I am so thankful for that, that I don't think the same way that I used to, that I don't live the same way that I used to, that I don't even have the same attitude that I used to have. Are you thankful for that? That God has come in and radically changed you? You don't think the same way, you don't talk the same way, you don't act the same way. Yeah, you still have these desires, Yeah, you still have these temptations, but God is doing something new. In fact, it says in verse 24, to put on a new nature. Somebody say new nature. To put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and and holy. Church, can, can I tell you something? We have not simply just changed our minds about who we believe in or what we believe in. We have changed our citizenship. We have changed our citizenship. I no longer live in living in a kingdom that is here, but I am now a part of a kingdom that is not here yet, a kingdom that is in heaven, 
I, I, I have changed my citizenship. I have not just changed my thought process. I have not just changed the way I think. I have not just even changed the way I act. I have completely changed everything about me. And I understand sometimes that that, that takes some time, right? Because we are all in this pursuit to throw off the former things, which I've got to be honest, I, sometimes I just tell God, God, I'm trying to throw off the former things. Can you just get rid of the former things for me? Can you just, just, just get rid of all the temptation and just, just throw all that? I don't want to struggle anymore. I'm tired of struggling. And obviously that's part of our journey. That's part of our faith. That's part of our walk. But we are in a pursuit to throw off those things. We are in a pursuit that's going to be here for the rest of our lives. Question is, are you going to face it and are you going to defeat it? We are in this pursuit to live pure, to live holy, and to live righteous. This journey will not end until we are faced with Christ in glory. And that is going to be a good place. But for now, we're here on this journey and we're fighting. I have arrived should never be in your vocabulary. But I am in a constant pursuit and I am in constant progress to please my father. I love what, what Solomon writes in Proverbs 9.9. 9. He says, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. I mean, think about for a moment, the, the wisest person you know, they're always learning still. Think about the godliest person you know, they are always learning. They're never satisfied. They're never content. They're saying to themselves, I want the best and I'm gonna pursue the best and I'm never gonna give up and I'm gonna continue on pursuing Jesus and I'm not gonna settle and I'm not gonna be complacent. I remember making this commitment when I was, when I was 19 years old telling the Lord, you know, I'm just, I'm just done with, uh, with, with dating and I'm just gonna, per, I'm just gonna pursue you and uh, I'm gonna wait for my wife. That's what I said. And it was just like revelation for me. Um, you know, I was on one of those like mountaintop experiences, you know, where like faith is strong, faith is high, the clarity of God is like very clear. And, and uh, I, I almost vividly heard the voice of God through another person about this, this topic of saying, pursue me only, run with me only, and then you will find somebody. And if you're single in here, maybe this will help you because I, I told myself, you know what? I'm no longer gonna pursue a relationship. The only relationship I will pursue is God. And I did, and God started to direct my steps, right? Man plans, but the Lord determines. I planned, God was determining my steps. And two years, it took two years until I met my amazing, my beautiful wife, Cheryl, who happens to have the same name as my mom, which is... Sometimes weird when we're at the house. Cheryl, mom, I would, never, I would never call you by your first name. That's just not who I am. Some people do that. And now that's so weird. I don't know if they're gonna enter heaven or not. But for me, I was never gonna, I was never gonna call my parents by their first name. And uh, so, you know, I, I found my wife and I met, and it was the greatest thing ever. But it was saying, you know what, God, I'm not gonna settle for less. I'm gonna pursue what you have for me because I know what you have for me is, in fact, the best. And I think so many people just compromise on their commitments. You know, I hear it all the time. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just committed to pray. You know, two days later, I've been praying for two days. Two days? You know, this, this could take a year. This could take, I've been searching, I've been looking for years. I remember having a friend come to me and saying, Jacob, I've just been faithfully waiting. In their 30s, I've been faithfully waiting for God to send me that guy. Just faithfully waiting. I'm just saving myself. I am pure and I'm honoring God. And we got a phone call one day in tears saying they messed up, they slept around, and it was the worst experience of their life. You, you were committed for so long. 
Don't you think God is gonna honor that and bless that? Don't compromise on your commitments and certainly don't settle for less because God has what's best for you, amen? And so we've got to pursue that. We've got to pray for that. We've got to ask God. Listen, our journey, it, it, it may be slow. Our journey uh, may take some time. And, and that is okay. Remember, he, he, here's, where you, here's where you should be. And here's where you are. Now, where you are is, is, is okay for two reasons. One, because where you are isn't where you used to be. Amen? I am so thankful that where I am is not where I used to be. Praise God. But I know where I am is not where I should be. So I'm thankful that I'm not where I used to be, but two, God is saying, it's okay that you're there, but I love you too much to leave you there. And so, so I, I, need you to, I need you to make some progress. It's time, church, seasoned believers, to drop the bottle. It's time to step into some deeper things, some, some deeper truths of God. You can't stay there, and it's time to take some steps. You know, I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, I am a slow walker, but I never walk back. It doesn't matter how big of a step you take. doesn't matter how small of a step you take. What matters is you are taking steps. In fact, church, I, I know we get all excited about somebody getting saved, somebody getting baptized. Those are massive steps, but I pray we just get excited just as much as that for the small steps that people take in their life, for the small victories they have in their life. We have to recognize and we have to celebrate the small steps that some people take because some people can't take big steps yet. But the question is, are you, are you taking a step? Because that's where you... That's where my son is taking the paddle and going, come on, we got to we 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 go. We got to take, take some steps. Look at verse, uh, verse 12 again. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, but you need somebody to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food, because anybody who lives on milk, still being an infant, still being a baby, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. Remember, he, he's talking to believers who have been not only seasoned, but who have been distracted. They, ha they have been deceived. They're, they're compromising now with their commitments. They've abandoned their progress on their spiritual journeys. They've actually gone back to the bottle because the bottle is more satisfying. The bottle is more soothing. The bottle is what the, the itching ears would like to hear. That, that, that's the bottle that, that I'm just going to drink out of. Let, let me explain this for you for just a moment. Because the bottle is a good place to start, but like I said, it's not a good place to remain. Remember, the, 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 the bottle is the basics. The bottle is uh, the, the things that Jesus was doing here on earth. His, 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 his birth, the, his life, the, the teachings, the death, the burial, the resurrection. These are the, the bottle is the basics of the word of God. But now when we step into to the meat, now, now we step into the main dish. Now we move, we dropped the bottle and we pick up the plate and the steak knife. Now, now, now some of you are hungry, I know. But now what God is doing is saying, here's what Jesus is now doing. This is what he's now doing. The, the bottle is what he did do and the meat is what he's now doing. Some of you are still focusing on what he did. You have no idea what he's currently doing. You know, I love what one writer said. He said, we begin the Christian life on the basis of his finished work on earth. And now we grow, somebody say grow. We grow in the Christian life on the basis of his unfinished work in heaven. His finished work on earth, the bottle. The unfinished work in heaven, the solid food. Again, that doesn't mean that we've outgrown the milk. We've outgrown the bottle. We can still learn from the bottle. In fact, some of us, 
need to go back to the bottle sometimes because we have forgotten. But again, we, we just can't stay at the bottle. Tell somebody next to you, you just can't stay there. You just can't stay there. It's okay, to, it's okay to be there, but you can't stay there. And we have a lot of Christians who have just stayed here and we've remained here. And it's okay for you to be there. And, and, and the writer is saying, you got to get, get over there. Paul is struggling to get this message across, even to the people in Corinth. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you can go there for just a second. And what's happening is there's, there's deception going on with the people because they, as, as they were deceived, they, they, they were um, following and honoring and celebrating the, the communicators at the time, the speakers at the time. You know, we, we don't follow God. We, we follow Paul or we follow Apollos. And, and they were trying to say, like, what, what do you mean you follow us? <laughs> you follow God. You don't follow, follow us. They, they were worshiping these preachers and communicators and like like maybe we see today and yet they were failing to worship the one god that uh the only god that they were supposed to be worshiping that they were actually hearing about it was as if i only wanted to hear him i didn't want to hear about him and uh and paul breaks this down he says brothers and sisters this is verse one he said i could not address you as people who live by the spirit but as people who are still what does it say? Worldly. Mere infants in Christ. He said, I gave you milk because I had to. Not, not, not solid food. You know why? Because you weren't ready for it. In fact, still to this day, you're not even ready for it. So how, how can I give you the plate of food, of solid food, when you, you, you're, just not, you're just not ready for it? In other words, you, you become babies again. You become baby believers again. You become new at this again. And now I got to bring back the elementary truths to you because the deeper truths to you are, are too complicated for you because you've forgotten. You have not been learning. You have not been searching. So now I got now, now to bring it back because you have simply not postured yourself. You have not positioned yourself. In fact, you were not ready. Somebody say ready. I, I, I just wonder for a moment how many of us have missed out on the blessings of God. We have missed out on the opportunities of God. We have even missed out on the miracles of God because we have not positioned ourselves to be ready. We have not properly positioned ourselves to advance. What was your approach like even to this day? What is your attitude like when you face things that you face? Are, are, you, are you positioning yourselves in such a way that you are able to advance? Or are you just so lackadaisical, you are so lazy, you are just so content and complacent with where you're at that when things do come your way, there's no, there's no way you could advance in there. There's no way you could overcome it. There's no way you could push through because you're just not ready. You have not properly positioned yourself to make progress. You think David was ready when he faced Goliath? Of course he was. David was in the camp. Yeah, he was appointed by, by Samuel to be king, and it took some time. Yeah, he could have complained. Yeah, he could have pointed the finger. But then when the king called him to come play the harp for him, and he was you know, distressed and overcome by evil spirits, David was like, I'll be there. And then David was in the enemy lines, and it was then in the enemy lines that he heard. Who did he hear? He heard the, the voice of the defiance. 
He heard Goliath. You see, he was properly positioned. You think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember those guys with King Nebuchadnezzar? You think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were properly positioned to defeat the law of the king, the decree of the king? Of course he was. Of course they were. Because, because they, they, they were ready. They were ready to face anything that was coming against them, even if it meant death. Because their faith was real, church, their future was certain. And I wonder if many of you today, your faith has not been real to you, therefore your future has not been certain to you. But I'm here to tell you, if you can make your faith real, then you can make your future certain. And so, yes, they were ready. Yes, they were properly positioning themselves in such a way to face any decree that any king would put upon them. You can only worship the king. You cannot worship God. And if you do, you will be thrown into the furnace. They were properly positioning themselves to advance and make progress. I wonder how many of us would have not made progress then and there, and we would have just fell on our knees and worshiped the decree and the law. I think sometimes we just have some poor posture. Church, I think we have some poor positioning at times, and myself included. I want you to know this is myself included. I'm up here today saying I have positioned myself poorly at times where I have failed. I have postured myself poorly at times where I have made mistakes. But it is when I know how to posture myself, it is when I know how to position myself that I can make progress. And that's saying, God, I cannot do this on my own. I need you. That's how to position yourself correctly. To say, you know what, God, I I don't think I can do this. I I don't think I can advance anymore. The only thing that's going to help me advance is going to be you. And so to position yourself correctly, to posture yourself correctly, is to say, God, I can't do this on my own. And I need some help. That takes humility. That takes something that not a lot of us have because not a lot of us want. Because it's real easy to say I know it all and I have it all and I don't need to move anywhere. But what God is saying and the writer of Hebrews is saying is I'm trying to give you this this meat. I'm, I'm trying to give you the deeper truths. But you're just not ready for it. And so church, I want us to be ready. I want us to be ready. Would you say it with me? I want to be ready. I want to be ready for the deeper truths of God. I want to position myself in such a way that I can make progress. I know where I am, and I am thankful that I am no longer where I was, but I know where I should be. And, and it's going to take some time, but I've got to start making some steps. I've got, to, I've, I've, got to start, I've got to start moving. I've got to be ready. Listen, you can't teach a child to read unless that child is ready to read. You can't teach a teenager to drive. Maybe you're in here today and you're, you are fearing that moment. And is your child ready? Of course not. And if they say they are, they're not. But at some point, they're going to have to be. Some, at some point, they're, they may be 21 years old. They, they, they've got to be ready to step in there and say, you know what, I, I'm no longer going to fear this. And parents, you have to as well say, I'm no longer going to fear this. I remember as a teenager learning how to drive and by the grace of God, God put my mom in that passenger seat, not my dad. Maybe it would have went over well, dad, but my mom was in the, in, the, in the passenger seat. You remember that, mom? I was the best driver, wasn't I? I was so good. <laughs> Six tickets later, I never got one since, you know? And uh, it's baby steps. You know, for those of you who are seasoned in faith, it's, it can be baby steps, but it, it should be greater steps. But you, you got to be ready. 
Yeah, yeah, if you're new in this faith, if you're new watching it online and you've just stepped into this, you've just maybe accepted Christ, there are, there are the basics. There is the milk. In, in, in fact, we have a, a small group here on Wednesday nights that Bob and Letty Morgan run. It's called Foundations of the Faith. It's the basics. If you're like, you know what? I've been in this for a while. I just have forgotten the, the fundamental truths. Then I need to go to that. Or maybe you're new and you're saying, I, I don't know any of these truths. Maybe, maybe first step, you've been saved. It's get baptized so we can celebrate you. Maybe it's, maybe it's you know, get, get a Bible with your name on it. That's when you know you're really doing the Lord's work when you got your name on your own Bible. <laughs> this is my thing. And then get a pen, get a highlighter. Start highlighting things that, that you have learned from. I, I remember my, uh, my brother, Kevin, who, uh, who, who we adopted, came into our family. And uh, he was my best friend at the time. And we took him in. It was crazy. But he got saved and his whole life, you know, changed. And uh, maybe some of you remember this, but he, he was just so passionate about Jesus. And I told him, I was like, yo, highlight stuff that you read. That, that, that speaks out to you. I came back and he, I think he was kind of reading the book of John. He highlighted the whole thing. Like, your pages are gonna fall out. You can't highlight the whole thing. Every, every scripture. You know, go back to those moments. You know, Christian, go back to those moments as, as, we, as we sang about. Sometimes we have to just go back to, to, to that moment when I was so in, in love with this thing and I, I highlighted everything about it and, and I was so excited and now, now I don't even own a highlighter. Sometimes I read this, sometimes I don't. Remember, it's, it's, it's simple steps. Simple steps to say, you know what, I, I know where I need to be. I know I need to make some progress. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best to make progress. I'm gonna do my best to drop the bottom. And I wonder today if some of you and maybe watching it online, you, you've had the bottle in your hand for quite some time and it's been, it's been easy to hold on to it because it tastes good, because it feels good, satisfies you. And, and, and God is saying that it's, it's time to drop it and it's time, to, it's time to move on. There are deeper things that I need to teach you. There are deeper things that I need to show you. You've been a believer for how long? You've been sitting in church for how long? You've been neglecting, sharing your faith for how long? Man, if you wanna advance the kingdom of God, then you need to make some progress. And trust that the Lord is going to be with you. He's going to shape you. He's going to help you. Listen, I may not have all the words to say. That's why we have prayer. That's why we have the word of God. I don't know what to do. What do I say? Just speak from the heart. Read this thing and then share it. And if you don't know the answers, as I do often, Google the answers, you know. I, just help people, encourage people, start sharing, and start stepping out and saying, you know, my dad says it all the time. He says, you want to fill this place? Well, then go outside and fill some souls. And maybe they'll come here, maybe they won't. Stop just bringing them here, expecting them to be filled here. Go, go out there and do it. Go out there and show them. Teach, you ought to be teachers, but unfortunately I gotta, I gotta bring you back to the elementary truths. I gotta bring you back to preschool again. And teach you the basics. Sometimes that's essential, but we gotta move on. Somebody say move on. Come on, somebody say drop the bottle. It's time church to drop the bottle. I'm gonna give you, just four practical things that the Lord has, uh, I believe, given me and has helped me in my walk and in my spiritual journey. Four things that I'd love for you to write down if you can, just to meditate on, and maybe these aren't answers for you. Maybe these are just answers for me, I don't know, but I, I feel as if it's important for me to share. Maybe they'll help you in your journey, maybe they'll help you in your progress, whether this is a big step for you, whether it's a small step. For some of you, you're writing something down. That's a step. <laughs> Let me give you four things that I, I believe uh, God will help you. You can go ahead and put that 
the first one on the, on the screen. As we, as we step into spiritual progress, number one, we've got to remain teachable. We've got to remain teachable. If we ever think that we have arrived and we know it all, remember Proverbs 9, 9, teach the wise, they will become more wise. Instruct the righteous and they will continue to learn that there is growth to be made no matter how high our IQ level is. That there is growth to be made. You know this, you make money, there's more money to be made always. There's never enough money. We are never satisfied. Maybe that should be the same when we come to our knowledge of Jesus. I want to grow, I want to learn, I want to, I want to remain teachable. Again, that takes humility, that takes practice, but remain teachable. The second one, which was probably the most impactful to me, was desire more quality and not quantity in your devotional time. Now, some of you may not have a devotional time. I want to encourage you to do so. Open up the, the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app. Find a plan. Go through a seven-day plan. Go through a 12-day plan. Some of you, you want to do the Bible in a year? Great. Just don't stop when you get to the book of Leviticus. You know, just you push through, push through, you know? And, and, and learn and grow. In fact, once a week I meet with uh, my buddy Andrew over here and we, we talk about things of God. We, sometimes we open up the word and we discuss how we're doing. I, the other day I was talking with my wife about what we're learning in our devotional time, which to be honest, isn't always what we talk about. I know you think that we always do, but we don't. With kids, our lives have been all about them. Uh, but it, man, it was just such a healthy conversation to be sitting here with my wife talking about what she's reading and what I'm reading. And, and I was telling her that, I, I, honestly, I, sometimes I don't even read a chapter a day. Sometimes I, I fail to read every day. But usually when I'm spending time with the Word, I'm, I'm reading five verses. And one of the greatest resources that I ever got in my life, um, I think my dad turned me on to it, was this commentary by a guy named Warren Wearsby. It's called the, the B-Series, B-E-Series. And I read the word and I read this alongside. And of course, it's a man's, you know, uh, you know teaching, an explanation of the scripture. But I'm just reading alongside of it as I, as I do my quiet time. And it's, it's about quality, not quantity. I read four chapters today. What'd you learn? I forgot. Yeah. Quality, not, not quantity. That was important for me. And that may be a big step for you to say, God, as I read your word, would you teach me? Would you show me? Even if it's for five minutes, for 20 minutes, maybe it's for an hour. God, I want, I want more quality, more than quantity out of your word today. And the third one is this. We read it in Ephesians. To rid yourself of every poor and worldly habit. This is a big step. This is a big step. But I'll tell you what, this big step can be uh, um, um, surrounded uh, by small steps. You know, it's like, I've got this big sin in my life. I've got this big thorn in my life. And God, I've just been praying and praying and praying. And, and, and not necessarily is it going to change overnight. And here you are. Wow, this is amazing. This is incredible. But I think over time, you can get there. That's not a big step. That might be small steps to get to there. That might be small victories that you win on a weekly basis. That might be small victories that you win on a daily basis. And over time, you've conquered it daily, weekly, Monthly, you now find yourself with years of avoiding temptation and certain sins in your life. How did I get here? Well, it wasn't overnight. It was small steps. It was small victories. I find myself sometimes, you know, it's been a week since I've struggled or a week since I've sinned or a week since I've, you know, fallen into that temptation. And I'm like, wow, praise God. But I, but I, keep, I keep pressing on. God, I thank you for these victories. I, I rejoice. I heard one pastor say one time, anytime you overcome sin, take a bite of the pie. Just, just take a bite of it. You don't get the whole pie. You don't get to celebrate 
because you're gonna be tempted again. So just, just take a bite, enjoy it, and then get back and conquer it again. And then take another bite and then conquer it again and, and take another bite. Small steps, small bites. And the last one is probably the most important one is to walk in and by the Spirit every day of your life. To walk in and by the Spirit every day of your life. I, you know, when Jesus ascended to heaven, the disciples were like, where are you going, Jesus? We can't do this without you. What are we going to do? And Jesus is like, have no fear. Don't worry. I'm sending you a helper. How many of you this morning are thankful for that helper, the Holy Spirit? Praise Jesus. Church, I'm so thankful for the Spirit that lives within me, that convicts me, that shapes me, that molds me. And, and I find myself asking every day, God, would you fill me with your spirit? God, would you show me what to do? It says, ask, ask him if you don't know. God, would you fill me? Would you show me? I want to get back to that place where I was. I want to get back to those moments where I was on fire. I want to get back to where I was reading and highlighting. God, I want to just ask him and pray and say, God, how can I walk in you? How can I walk by you? And be led by the Spirit of God. Don't be led by your emotions. Don't be led by, um, you know, your, even your convictions. Led by the, be led by the Spirit of God. Because sometimes our convictions are faulty. Sometimes our emotions are, aren't on the, on, the, on the right course. Sometimes our, our emotions are contradictory to what Scripture says. So I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God, church. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. And that, that's, a, that's a big step. But every day could be small steps. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to make some progress. And I'm going to drop the bottle today. Would you stand to your feet all across this room? If you're watching on the line, we want to say thank you again for tuning in. Maybe this message has impacted you or shaped you or helped you. Maybe a small bit of it. I want to encourage you to share it with somebody. But if you're in this room today and you're saying, you know what? I, I, I feel some conviction um, of neglecting any, any uh, progress in my life. And today, I want to make some progress. I want to make some progress. I, I know what I need to do. I know where I need to be. And uh, I want to start today. And if that's you, just slip up your hand and say, you know what? I need to make some progress. I, I know what it is. I know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, just, just lift your hand up again. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.